Jay Bliss. Welcome to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. Appreciate y'all tuning uh, back in, listening to your boy. Um, today, January 6th, uh, yesterday, January 5th, um, my football team's season is officially over. And it, uh, it sucks tremendously. Uh, for those that listen to me, know that I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And my boys got beat yesterday. You're not going to come with any excuses. If you watch football, you already know what happened. And blah. Got bragging rights, though. We got some bragging rights for within the division. We're still looking on the upside going into the next year. Hard schedule coming up. But it is what it is, man. You just got to roll with the punches and um, we out. You know what I mean? There's some plus sides to everything. Uh, Patriots is out of the playoffs. We ain't got to deal with that fan base. The Saints is out of the playoffs. We don't have to deal with that fan base. And it seems to me every single year the Saints find a way to cry about something, and that's why they won't win because they're the crybabies of the league. They had a rule that came in this year where coaches was allowed to challenge pass interference and offensive pass interference and defensive pass interference, and it just screwed the game up tremendously made the refs look way worse than what they really are because you had like a uh, you had like a ref that would make a call and they'd be like uh yeah uh no pass interference coach come in throw the flag they showed a replay like six or seven times clearly pass interference and the ref's like nah i don't see it i mean it was like, <laughs> like it was like really really bad where it's like you could just like blatantly lie in somebody's face and they just sit there and go, so you sitting there trying to tell me you didn't see what just happened. And you're like, nah, I really didn't just see what happened. Like, I have no idea. Like, and they look at the monitor. Look like right there. Look right behind you. You can see what just happened. And the person's like, yeah, I don't see what you're talking about. Like, that's like the dude just straight up did what he did. And I don't see no problem with it. So, I mean, all in all, it's, um, it's tough. It's tough when your team loses. You know, everybody can't win every week. But, you know, when your season's over, your season's over. I'm still a football fan. I watch the games, but I watch it, like, from afar. It's like uh, I don't have any vested interest in anything. And people always go, well, who are you going for in the Super Bowl? I'm not that type of dude. Like, um, if my team is not in the Super Bowl, um, I really don't care who wins. Um, I'm just watching the game. It's like a social event. So uh, this year I'll find a, a cool Super Bowl party to flow to. And um, and chill out there and um, just sit back, relax, and uh, eat uh, way too much food and, um, you know, have a good time. So um, that's pretty much what's going on. Um, had, a, had a good day yesterday, good weekend. Um, my daughters uh, played basketball. They had a, I got to see their first basketball game of the season, which is their third game, but the first one I was able to make it to uh, based off my travel schedule. And um, I always tell people, all the time as far as um, when my daughters play sports, uh, which is a cool thing. Um, you know, I do have um, girly girls, and, and uh, but they do meet me halfway to the point. Like, they like sports, and they play sports, and they're very competitive and athletic, which is uh, beneficial to me because I just, you know, I'm a competitive person. And, you know, every guy that wanted sons or wanted a son and don't end up in being that lucky, um, it really is really the dude's fault anyway. Like the dude don't have nobody but to blame with himself. I mean, he has the whole control of whether the X chromosome or Y chromosome um, gets put into play to make a boy or a girl. So the fact that I got girls is just like, yo, that's, that's on you, man. That's on you, player. So um, uh got girls, and, uh, yeah, obviously I wanted one boy, but uh ended up with twin girls. And once I said twin girls, I was like, all right, that's a wrap. I'm not, I'm not having no more kids. I was like, nah, that's it. Like that, that's an omen. Like that just let me know right there I got too many friends um, too many people that I know that um, had girls and then they just kept trying and trying for the boy and it just ended up just being a situation where it's like nah it ain't gonna um, it ain't gonna work so um, you know ultimately um, ultimately like they play them playing sports um, basically is very fun for me I'm able to be like very very competitive and, and see how things get down and uh, the rules that I have for my daughters are uh, are simple. Like, um, number one is don't be out-hustled on the court. Like, do not be out-hustled. Uh, play great defense. Nobody can stop you from playing defense but you. Uh, rule number three is be a great teammate. And rule number four is look for your sister. So if they're playing on the same team, this time they're already playing basketball together. They're playing on the same team. It's like, look, yeah, be a good teammate, hustle, play good defense, all that stuff. If your sister's open, get the ball to your sister. If your sister's going up for a layup, be down there to help her with the rebound if she misses it. 
Like, don't, don't, don't mess around and be out there like, hey, she on her own. No, you got a sister. Play good with your sister. You playing basketball, set the pick for your sister. You know what I mean? You see your sister set a pick for you, you go into the basket, you see defense, get a ball back to your sister. You know, it's like one of those type things. And, you know, you obviously have to deal with, uh, you know, the coach tell them what to do. But, you know, coach daddy on the sideline, like, hey, what I say? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm one of them parents. Yeah, I am one of them parents. You know, you always get the uh, coaches, they can send the emails out and tell the parents, like, hey, don't coach from the sideline. I'd be like, hey, you need me. You need me. You know what I mean? Like, my girls make up 25% of your team. Like, you need me to be, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that percentage is right. But basically, I got two, and no everybody else got one. So I got more percentage of the team. So you need me to be uh, yelling as well. Um, but I, I try to I try to tone it down and try to keep it uh, keep it fun for them. Um, but it was good, man. They did real good. Um, I think they won their game 32-11. Um, and uh, he sat them down in a lot of the fourth quarter. They were sitting on the bench like, well, we got to sit down. Like, because y'all up by 20-something points. Like, let, let the let the uh, other kids play. You know what I mean? So um, it was good, though. It was good stuff to see. Um, what else is going on? Hey, yeah, so um, real quick, I'm, I'm going to mention something. Because I'm, I'm only speaking off of what I saw. I'm not speaking of the whole content of everything. I'm only speaking about what I saw. I did get a chance to see a glimpse of uh, the Kevin Hart documentary. And there was one in particular part that he was getting ripped for on social media, and they kept showing the um, the clip. And I will say that the clip that they showed was not favorable uh, on his side. Um, I got the backstory from somebody that saw the whole thing. Um, I got the result or the the um, the after effect, the aftermath of what happened, uh, where it was apology and uh, you know reconcilement and all that other stuff. But the clip that I'm talking about is when uh, Kevin Hart and his uh, trainer got into words uh, on an airplane um, and they had a disagreement. Now, there was alcohol involved, and I do. Everybody has a friend that when they drink too much, they become an asshole, and I get that. Um, but just the way that he was talking to his manager, not just the way he was talking to his manager, the way he was talking to his manager, or not his manager, I keep saying manager, his trainer. The way he was talking to his trainer in front of his wife, in front of the trainer's wife, um, was the thing that kind of put me off more than anything else. Um, one thing that I was always explained to as a young child uh, coming up was that, um, and this was just coming from a male perspective, as a man, uh, a grown man, a grown man is always supposed to give another grown man respect. Um, men live off respect. That's not uh, that's not a, a, a wives' tale. It's not a myth. It's not anything outside of what you really believe in. The main thing that's important to every single man, whether you want to believe it or not, is respect. You want a man to walk out on you, uh, ladies? Uh, disrespect him. Uh, constantly disrespect him. Um, he'll walk him walk right out of your life. It's not even a question. He's not sticking around for the bullshit. Uh, it's not something that they can live with. It's not something that they can learn to cope with. It's not a coping mechanism. You can't have a coping mechanism for it. You disrespect a man on a regular basis, he's going to confront you. Uh, he's going to walk away, or uh, you're going to get them hands. And it's not, it's not a, it's, there's not one man on the face of the earth that's going to be able to deal with it. I don't care how offended they may act. I don't care how um, docile, docile they might be. I don't care how aggressive and loud they might be. Disrespect a man, and you will see a result. It's not. It's no. It's nothing. Um, you can flower, shower him with gifts, money. Every. It don't matter. Respect comes number one. And drunk as Kevin Hart might have been, disrespecting that man the way he did by what he was saying, um, basically arguing with him, talking about where would you be if it wasn't for me, and do you have a home? Do you have a house? And uh, the trainer was basically saying, look, dude, I was working before I even hooked up with you. Like, I, I was getting money. I was getting, uh, you know, making a success of myself and things like that. Now, um, success is basically defined by what a person feels like what is successful to them. Um, your success, even though it might be greater than my success, does not mean I'm a failure. My idea of success might be just to maintain a certain lifestyle and once I'm living in that lifestyle and I'm comfortable in that lifestyle I could be considered myself a success 
Uh, could you be a bigger success? Yes, absolutely. But never gauge somebody's life based off what you feel your success is and say, hey, you don't have as much as I do, so I'm a bigger success. It's not true. It's definitely not true because you can have way more things and be more miserable in your life. So success is not a, um obtainable thing. It's not a tangible thing. Success is basically um, really around what you consider be, to be successful. And if you reach those goals, then you are a success. And just the way he was talking down to him and the way he was saying those things, it just really touched me in the wrong way. And and we all make mistakes. I mean, you know, he apologized for it and things like that. And he probably, you know, from the documentary standpoint, I guess he just wanted to be Wrigley Raw and just show all everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And and I get it, but being seen in that light, somebody can just turn it off at that point and not see the resolution at the end and say, I don't like Kevin Hart no more, which is, which is a risk. But, you know, everybody not going to like you anyway. But the one thing that I will say is, and, and I pray um, that I always keep that, what it was taught to me um, in my in my life is um, respect. You, know, you always show another grown man respect. I don't care if he's a homeless man on the street. You have to show him respect. Um, you know, and I don't care how successful I get, um, based off my definition of success. Again, callback. Um, how successful I get, how large things may, be, may become for me in my life. That's one thing that I feel like I need to remember and keep close to. Um, the vest when it comes to the type of person I am. Um, people piss me off. Yeah, I argue with people. Yeah, I debate with people, things like that, but never in a disrespectful way. And if, even if I get disrespectful and somebody call me out on it, I'll be the first one to apologize. I'll be the first person to apologize. I'm not going double down on disrespect. If someone says, yo, man, you you out of pocket. Yo, man, you you being disrespectful. I'll, I'll pull that person to the side publicly, however they want to do it. Be like, yo, my bad. You know, that's not, that's not what my intention was. I got a little heated running off at the mouth, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, be man enough to be somebody to respect, but be man enough to own up to, um, you know, disrespecting somebody and apologizing for it. And he did. So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, a lot of people got their different opinions of it, but I just wanted to give my two cents on the whole situation. And I will get around to watching the whole documentary, but I feel like people take bits and pieces of stuff and then they make a bigger deal about it and it just becomes like this trending topic on uh, on social media and then we got to deal with it. So, you know, that's that's the tough thing, man. And um, The other thing, man, I, I mean, going back to the whole football thing, I got, so, I got tagged so many times on social media because the Eagles lost. And the one thing that, that but what's more bothersome about that is, um, and I can probably call people out on it, is, is um, the one thing that I always say to people is, when my team beat your team, did I tag you? When my team beat your team, did I tag you and then I post anything on your page about your team? And they can 100% always say, no, you didn't, because I don't. I, I don't. I don't do the whole trolling thing. I don't do the whole nah, 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 nah. I, I don't do that. Like, it's, it's like no point. Your team lost. They all, you already know who my team is. You already know who my team is. You know who I root for. My whole thing is we could talk all the trash we want to talk before the game. We could talk all that trash, go back and forth, blah, 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 blah. Game is over. Game over. And that's it. If I win, my team win, I am not coming on your page. I'm not going to say nothing to you. I'm not going to be like, nah, that's what you get. If I see you in person, yeah, I might say something. But the whole trolling online, I don't do it. And I just feel like it's weak. It's weak. It's played out. And it's like, especially the person that didn't have anything to say beforehand, and then all of a sudden this team wins, and then they all on my page. I got more people on my page talking about my Eagles, and I'm like, wait a minute, who do you root for? They like, well, you know who I root for? I'm like, I never had a conversation with you in my life about football. So it's like they you just waiting every single – like I, I talk about my team every single week on my social media page. So it's like you waiting for the opportunity for my team to lose for you to just jump in and say something. But I call them out on it. I call them out on it, you know. I might get disrespectful when it comes to that. I, I really might get, get get disrespectful when it comes to that. But it's, it's principles involved. It's like, yo, don't – don't be that bitch-ass dude. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Don't be that bitch-ass dude that come in and be, like, just trolling in the, in the, at the end of the time. And I go, dude, you ain't said nothing to me all year long about your funky-ass team. Now, all of a sudden, you want to come up in here and start trolling somebody. Man, get your dumb ass out of here. That's that's how I deal with it. And that, that might be that might be contradictory what I just said. That might be disrespectful. But it was disrespectful to come up on my page. 
and that was the retaliation that you got. That's what it did. So, you know, can't stay in the heat, get out the kitchen. That's what they say. I say it bothers me, but it, don't think for one minute that I take it lying down. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so um, other than that, man, um, everything else, man, um, it's been going pretty good. Um, I fly out to um, Utah this week um, to go do my taping um, for Dry Bar Comedy. Uh, that taping will be done, I believe, on Friday. Um, and um, I think I take two shows. And um, Dry Bar Comedy is uh, a site or a page that you can follow on um, Facebook. Look up Dry Bar Comedy. It's all clean comedy. Um, no, no dirty jokes. No cursing. Everything is on the up and up. This is straight PG comedy. Um, so, um, I think I get a 25 minute set, um, and I think, uh, they'll tape it then I'll put it online and then people will be able to see it. I think you can see it live when I do it initially. And then I think they do a, uh, you know, they tape it and they record it and they, you know, my, uh, edit it or whatever, and they just put it back up online. So it'll be out there for the viewing. And then, uh, I think they started this, the, uh, live from Nashville, the other show that I, uh, I taped for last year, and they started those this Friday, this past Friday. So a good comedian friend of mine uh, texted me and said, hey, man, they started showing the episodes. I was on the first episode. I was like, hey, I said, you taped first? He was like, nah, I taped later. But I guess they made us the first episode. So who knows? I might be on the second episode. I don't know. I don't have any information. They didn't email us back any information to say, hey, you're going to be on TV this day, on this channel, whatever. They didn't give us anything. So I don't know. When it comes out, Maybe I'll find out where it's streaming at and be able to send a link out through social media or whatever, but who knows? Speaking of social media, uh, you guys can follow me anywhere, anytime, on social media, at Comedian J Bliss. That's Comedian, the letter J, B-L-I-S-S. At Comedian J Bliss, type in Comedian J Bliss on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is at Comedian J Bliss. Twitter is at Comedian J Bliss. Look me up. And if you want to get in contact with me for the podcast, it's blisspodcast at gmail.com. Blisspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on that. Um, was going through uh, just stuff to talk about on the podcast, and I looked up this uh, information on uh, one of these sites. And today, January 6th, is Divorce Day. Never heard of this in my life. Divorce Day. The first Monday of the year when people drag themselves back to work isn't just bad because reality is in of New Year's resolutions to get rid of our bodies of cheese and wine and have it set in. It's also earned the name Divorce Day as family lawyers have noticed a particularly high number of people inquiring about leaving their partners that flood, that flooded. I mean, it's crazy. This year, while Dating Saturday, no, Dating Sunday is the best day on dating apps. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's January 5th. Divorce Day is the last day uh, lands on January 6th. Uh, so divorce day lands on January 6th. Dating Sunday lands on January 5th. I, I guess I'm about to read what J dating Sunday is. Uh, it's the day where couples who are tolerated each other, who are, who were tolerating each other during the intense holiday season decide that they want to start a new for a new year afresh. Breakup coach, Sherlyn Chong told Insider, resulting in the surge of divorce inquiries to Google search divorce liars, the lawyers alike. So, so people are searching divorce right around the holidays, and then I guess on January 6th, they just be like, bump it. I guess it's the, well, it's the first Monday, so this year is January 6th. Um, next year it might be January 4th, who knows, or January 8th, doesn't matter. Um, it might seem strange that so many people think about dissolving their marriage at the same time, but according to Chong, there are some clear reasons why it makes sense. Sometimes they are doing it so that the children will have one last holiday season together, she said. Other times, one spouse feels guilty about ending relationships over festivities. <laughs> like, why are you thinking about it now, though? That's funny. They probably still care for their partner, so they want to give them one last Christmas and New Year's together. That's funny. Before they say goodbye, she said. Uh, almost a homage to the number of years they spent together. Nah, not really, because if you really wanted to wait, you wait for it like after the anniversary or whatever. On the other hand, the holiday period means an extended amount of time spent with family 
which could be especially stressful. Yeah, if you don't want to be with some person, you definitely don't want to be off from work and be dealing and see and standing in that person's face every single day. Um, this is the tendency that this this has the tendency to escalate many of the flaws of the marriage. Chong said, just as Tanya Mongo and Jake Paul. Oh yeah, they got they just broke up. I think I'm saying her name. Is it Tana? Tana? I don't know. They. I don't know. Jake Paul is a boxer or the MMA dude. I think. I think it's yeah. I get him mixed up with the social media dude. Uh, the YouTube dude. Was it Luke Paul? Oh, that's Luke Paul. Okay. Um, usually these flaws were pre-existing long before the holidays. It ju it's just that the holiday tends to shine a spotlight on what's already broken, she said. And then once the spouse decides that they don't want to spend another holiday season in an unhappy, unhappy marriage anymore, uh, there's a chance the January blues are factoring into the decision according to Chong. One spouse might question their whole life uh, because they have been triggered by the January blues, she said. However, if you want to file for divorce, it's usually something that could be brewing for a while in the marriage, and January blues is just to urge you in that action. Damn. The pros and cons. Chong said overall that there are probably more pros than cons waiting until divorce day to break up, break the news to split your partner. If you have officially filed for a divorce on Christmas Day, for example, the trauma might carry on to the next year, where the children might remember Christmas at the time where mom and dad got a divorce. <laughs> remember that Christmas? Fuck Christmas. That's what the kids going to be saying for the rest of their life. That's funny, man. Um, yeah, their favorite memories around a special holiday might be tainted by this one memory. Yeah, that stinks, man. Uh, remember the time the cat died? That's funny. She said <laughs> She said it also. it's also devastating. Uh, to be informed of divorce when there's so much cheer around. Yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of selfish. I mean, it's just something to kind of remind you every single Christmas from that point on. If you soon to be ex is informed of divorce um, at the start of the year, they could choose to make it a year of self-growth, she said. Yeah, so you can go ahead and start it. I'm not going to keep reading all this other stuff. Um, now, I'll be honest. Like, I got I got divorced. I got divorced. Um, shoot, I don't you know what? I don't even remember the divorce date. I think the divorce date was in uh, December, but it was like the end of the year. It was like one of those end of the year things. But I just remember, I remember the separation date. Like, I remember, like, the date I left. Like, I was like, I'm out. Like, you know, just out, uh, up and left. But, um, I mean, divorce is, um, I look at divorce like this. Like, um, divorce has to happen when, um, divorce has to happen when one of the partners, or both, but particularly one of the partners um puts themselves before the marriage um i understand self-preservation and all that but when you're married you have to consider the other person and you cannot be selfish like you cannot put yourself first above all things yeah you can't put yourself above your, uh, your spouse's feelings you can't put yourself above your spouse's uh financial woes you can't put your, your decisions above children spouses like you can't be the most selfish person like you can't say i don't give a damn when nobody else think i'm gonna do what i want to do like once you become that person divorce is imminent like it's imminent like you cannot like you ever had a, a, a person that um you know a person is married you know you got your boys always make fun of you like hey man we hanging out this weekend you coming out friday and and the guy goes nah man let me check on my wife and everybody Bleh. Well, guess what? That dude is trying to stay married. Like, you can't just make a decision and go, yeah, I'm coming out Friday. You ain't said nothing to your wife or nothing. I don't care what she say. I'm going out regardless. That right there, that, that attitude, is, it's just never going to happen. Like, you, you're never going to be able to survive marriage thinking that way. It has to be a joint decision. Yo, we going to Vegas uh, in January. You rolling? Yup. You ain't said nothing. Like, you ain't asked, you ain't talk about it, you ain't discussed. Maybe you don't have to ask, but maybe it's the discussion that needs to be said to be like, yo, me and the fellas are trying to plan a trip in January to go to Vegas. I need to be able to plan this out, and we'd be able to block off the schedule to make sure that we can make this happen. That's what, that's how the conversation needs to start, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, then it goes from there. But once you start making decisions and you start you start putting yourself before everything else, like you think about yourself before you think about anybody else, um, that's when a divorce happens. So, you know, I'm not going into too many details. You know, with my situation, um, I you know, I decided uh in order for 
um, my decision was based off my happiness and it was also based on my children's happiness going forward. Like my children were very young, but I knew that the situation that I was in, um, the situation that I was in, I just knew that there were going to be too many arguments around my children, um, because of our, 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 our ideas around, she was fed up with me. I'll put it that way. I'll, 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 I'll put it. She was fed up with me. Like at that moment within our, our, our marriage, she, um, she was sick and tired of me. Like she couldn't stand me. And if, if you, if you're ever dealing with somebody who can't stand the sight of you, um, no matter what's going on, like how nice you're trying to be, it just does not work. And it was just a culmination of time and some issues that we were dealing with. And she had gotten to the point where she was like, I don't like you as a person. You know what I mean? And I saw it. Like I saw it. I was like, there's nothing I can do. I can't win in this situation. Um, things could have changed over time. Um, but I just wasn't willing to, uh, live in a situation like that. And I couldn't be around my kids, um, in that type of environment because I just felt like it was, uh, I, th I don't know. I just feel like they was very young, but I felt like they could sense the anger that I had building up inside of me. And I wasn't being, um, I wasn't being true to them. You know what I mean? So I felt like, let me remove myself from this situation, uh, for, uh, before I end up in jail. And before I be sitting there arguing and yelling and screaming and stuff and carrying on in front of my kids for no reason. So, um, I was, I just took the mature route and just, just separated myself from the situation. Um, and then, um, after that, you know, over time, um, and a lot of just, uh, sessions and all this other stuff, um, we were able to, um, we were able to just become better parents. Like co-parenting, um, really works, uh, in our situation. And, um, I don't have any ill will towards, uh, my ex-wife and I hope she don't have any towards me, but I mean, I don't think she does. Um, but you know, co-parenting works for us and we, we have two wonderful daughters and, um, they, they don't know any different. Like they, they know that, uh, mommy and daddy get along. We just don't live together and we're not married. And, um, but we get along fine and we, uh, we consult with one another and we raise our kids together and, um, she has the lead when it comes to stuff like that. And then she keeps me well informed about what's going on. She asks my opinion about stuff when it comes to the girls. And, um, and I, I have my say and, um, ultimately, um, she'll, you know, she'll make the majority of the decisions, but you know, I do have a say and she takes that into account no matter what's going on, whether it be discipline, whether it be what's best for them as far as education, as far as, um, how to, you know, how they're going through a certain situation, whether it be, um, a social issue or whatever, like, you know, she keeps me informed and we talk about it. We say, this is how I think you should handle it. And she's like, no, I disagree. I think we should handle it this way. And we just go with it at that. But you know, those type of things can work, man. But you know, um, what was the other, what was the other, uh, the other thing? Oh, date and Sunday. Now, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. So I remember I was talking about the divorce, um, divorce Monday. And then was this date and date and Sunday date and Sunday, looks like um let me see with this real quick thing i hope this ain't um let's see if you're single and ready to mingle there's no better time to to do so statistically speaking than this sunday january 5th well that just that just passed so um i don't know what that is um let me see that day is the first sunday of the year and historically is the most traffic day for dating apps meaning See, more users flock to apps on dating Sunday than any other day of the year. That's funny as hell. Wow, who does this research? And dating apps ain't been out that long to be sitting there doing all this research and be able to take year over year over year. What have they been out for, like, four years? 2017, for example, singles on dating app Tinder made 44 million matches on dating Sunday alone, which is 10% of the entire month average of matches. Damn. Bundle reported uh, in 2019. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me see. 2017, for example, singles dating at Timber made 44 million matches. Okay, on that alone. Okay, which is 10% of the entire match. Uh, okay. Okay. Bustle reported. Not bundle. Bustle. Bustle reported. So this is the person that was writing the report. I thought it was bundle. Bundle. I don't, bundle ain't even an app. I'm thinking about Bumble. What the fuck am I talking about? Okay. Uh, 2019, um, <laughs> Coffee Meets Bagel, a dating app. I never heard of that. Coffee meets bagel. Coffee meets bagel. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the hell that even means. 
um, dating app that takes a slow dating approach by giving users a limited number of matches daily also reported dating Sunday as the most busiest day of the year. Let me let me tell y'all something about these dating apps. All right, so um, I use I use two of them. I use two of them, and what I say: Have I met anybody on them? Nope. I'm a I'm a um, I'm a left swiper. I'm a left swiper like a mug. I swipe so many times left; it's ridiculous. Like I don't know why I'm so picky. But let me tell you something. So the funny thing that I'll say about these date apps that's funny to me is uh, Bumble is one, and then Tinder is the other. Those are the two that I deal with. And I think I think part of the reason I joined Tinder was um, I was look, I was doing this joke at one time, and I was utilizing Tinder to be able to come up with some material because th- this shit was funny. But so 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 Bumble, another comedian told me about that, and um, <laughs> the one the thing with Bumble is Bumble is just like Tinder, but the thing about Bumble is if you match, the woman has to reach out first. The woman has to reach out first and uh, and and um, make the first uh, statement and within your inbox. Here's the one thing that I'll venture to you about um, Bumble. Bumble, uh, I've matched. I've, you know, you swipe right when you like somebody, and if they swipe right, it'll say, Bing, you know, it'll match, you got to match, and they'll put y'all pictures together, and this big old match come across the top, top of y'all faces or whatever, right? Here's the funny thing. When you see that, and they go, uh, you know, let's just say, for instance, a girl's name is uh, Lisa, right? Lisa has 24 hours to reach out to you. Right. So the clock start ticking. It's funny as hell. The clock is ticking. Right. And I'm laughing because I know at that very moment she gets a notification that there's a match with somebody that she swiped uh, right to. Right. And the panic sets in because here's the thing. She got nothing. She got nothing to say. At that moment, every woman knows exactly what a dude is going through in their world to be able to approach a woman. And what can I say to get her attention? What can I say that's going to charm her enough to continue with the conversation? Now, I will tell you this. One easy way to be able to get any conversation with a woman if you're out at a social event is buy her a drink. If you buy her a drink, that allows you the opportunity to have a conversation with her, uh, an intelligent conversation with her, not a demeaning conversation, not a raunchy conversation, an intelligent conversation. And that conversation might be, what are you drinking? And she'll say, hey, I'm drinking, um, you know, uh, uh, Washington Apple. Okay, let me, can I get a Washington Apple for the lady uh, here? You get her, uh, give her the Washington Apple. Uh, you, she sit down, she drink. Hey, where are you from? Uh, yeah, she tell you where you're from. Uh, do you live here, you know, now? Or do you have kids? Are you married? Da, da, da. Hey, I just love regular conversation. You can have a conversation, find out of some things that's alike in common or whatever, things like that. If things are working well, get another drink. If things aren't going well, hey, it was nice talking to you. Nice meeting you. And that's how you, that's how you do it. Now, if you're not in a social environment where there's alcohol around where you can buy a person a drink, then you just can, can just walk up and you maybe can start a conversation or maybe they overhear you talking about something and then they join into the conversation. There's a lot of different things that can happen. But when Bumble makes you reach out to a person through a DM to say something interesting to be able to make the first contact, stress. Stress. You walk up to most women, they won't be able to tell you anything smooth enough to be able to get the first line out at all. None at all. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to take y'all back old school. Like, so old school, take y'all old school. Old school was back when um, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have smartphones. Smartphones was not a thing. We didn't have those type of things. I'm going to take you back to a time before people was even really using um, cell phones in general. But I had a line, and I'm going to tell you this. I had a line that will work tremendously when it came to impressing a, a young lady. Like, so say I'm out, I'm out, um, we're having a good time or whatever, um, you know, I meet a young lady, we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden, be like, hey, um, you know, I had a good time meeting you or whatever, you're real cool, you're real laid back, um, how about I get your number? All right, you got something to write with? Nah, I ain't going to write it down, just tell me. But you're going to forget it. No, nah, I won't. Uh, if it's important enough for me, I'll remember it. Just tell me. And I would say that. That's exactly what I would say. Now, mind you, that's a lot. That's a risk. That is a risk to be able to do that. But then we were dealing with different times then. Different times, 
our mindset was different. We knew we didn't have a smartphone. We didn't just plug it into the phone at that moment. You usually did take a piece of paper and a pen down and write down a phone number and keep it in your pocket and know exactly where you was going to use it. However, this is the impressive part. Tell me the number, right? So what I would do is she would tell me the, the, the uh, zip code or the area code. Now, if we were all living in the same area, nine times out of ten, we're going to have the same area code, okay? It's not like it is now where, you know, you get somebody from D.C., they got a D.C. area code, or you got some from Jersey or New York. Usually, if you lived in the same area, typically you had the same area code. You had a landline, at least. You had, you had the same, you know, code. So, they would tell me the area code. If it was a local area code, that would be like, I wouldn't even have to worry about remembering it. That was automatically in my head, right? I remember that the first three numbers, they would tell me, and I would say those first three numbers in my head, and then the last four, they would tell me, right? So as soon as they walk off, I got first three and the last four in my head, right? And then let's say the last four digits was seven, seven, three, one, seven, right? And I would remember the, the, the five, three, five part. So five, three, five, seven, three, one, seven. I don't know whose number that is. I swear to God, I'm just yelling it out. Don't nobody call that damn number. Five three five seven three one seven. All right, cool. Five three five seven three one seven. I keep saying five three five women. All right, you have a good time. All right, five three five seven three one seven. All right, man. All right, talk to you later. Five three five seven three one seven. I walk up to my boy and I go, yo, seven three one seven. He'd be like, what's that? Like, just remember that seven three one seven. He'd be like, all right, seven three one seven. What is it again? Seven three one seven. All right, cool. Got it. Remember that. Don't forget that. All right, cool. Five three five. And then that's it. That's what I'll do. So. Now, I used to get home, I'll get home, and uh, I'll be home or whatever, and I, as soon as I get to the house, I might write down 535, and I might write down 535-7317, but if I write down 535, write down the error code 535, call my boy up, like, yo, what was the number? He's like, 7317, I got you, appreciate that. Write that down, got it, boom. Now I got the number. I got home that night, right? Four days later, hello? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Who's this? Uh, it's Jay, man. You met me out the other night at such and such and such. You remember? Yeah, five three five seven three one seven. That's what it is, man. So that used to be the line, and like, who's who's not gonna be impressed? Four days later, when you call, she probably thought you forgot and you didn't care. Then four days later, you call. Oh my God, y'all going out immediately. That's what I would do. Like that was like one of those those top lines. You know what I mean? Funny thing happened over the weekend though. We was out at um this day party. So um, shout out to uh, the Brothers of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. That is the fraternity I'm a member of. Uh, we had our, um, our Founders Day, which was January 5th. Uh, fraternity was founded at Indiana University, January 5th, 1911. So we had our celebration 109 years um, this past Sunday. But on Saturday, it was a day party. So we got to the day party. I go out there. A lot of brothers out there having a good time. I go out on the balcony, smoke a cigar, having a good time. Go out there chilling. And um, so I come back over, and uh, one of my boys had the VIP table. So we over there, and they pouring drinks, having a good time. Everybody relaxed, having a great time. And um, we get over to the table, and the waitress comes over, and she is um, she is beyond thick. I mean thick. I mean voluptuously thick. I mean like all in the right places. She wasn't fat at all. Mm -mm, she was thick. Like she was well built. And she's over there pouring the drinks, and I'm like. God damn! Like, like I, like I said that out loud. Not what she can hear me, but my boy heard me, right? So she walk off. She come back. She's like, "What y'all drinking?" I was like, "Oh, you can give me some of this uh, vodka and cranberry." So she poured me a vodka and cranberry, and as she's pouring a drink, I'm looking over my boy, and I'm mouthing again, like, "Got damn!" Like, damn, right? So she came, like, she left or whatever. We sitting there still talking or whatever. I'm like, "Yo, that waitress," and he's like, "I know, man." She come back a third time. I said, yo, excuse me. I said, um, what's your name? She's like, Stacy. I was like, all right, because I ain't want to just keep calling you goddamn. And she just bust out laughing. Now, the funny thing is, I'm a comedian. I'm coming up with a line. Everybody at the joint laughing. Everybody at the table laughing. Mind you, it was funny as hell, but she ain't forget that. Like, she, that's nothing. That's something she's not going to forget. I guarantee you she ain't heard that line before, so it's funny. So I was like, yo, there's just like one of those things that just come in your head, you say it, boom, and then that's what it is, you know what I mean? But um, now nah, I had a good time. Um, I usually don't really do the whole partying thing, man, but, you know, people was hanging out. I was like, all right, I'm going to come hang out with y'all, and, um, and we had a good time. Um, I'm going to tell y'all about another incident that happened. Um, well, this happened about three months ago, maybe two, two months ago. Two months ago, so... This and listen, and this story I'm gonna tell y'all is from my perspective. 
I'm not, I'm, it's, there's a twist. Okay, there's a twist. Just telling you now up front. Uh, but I'm telling you this story from my perspective, not what happened. I'm just telling you from my perspective, and then I'll explain to you how this um, um, unfolded as, a, as the story goes on. So I'm out of the sports bar, right? I go out to this sports bar pretty much on a regular basis, usually on like a Thursday night. Thursday night games, I usually go out there, unless the Eagles play, and then I go to the um, Eagles sports bar. But usually Thursday night, sometimes Wednesday night basketball or, or Thursday night basketball or Monday night football, something like that. So we're out there on a Thursday night, right? We on a Thursday night. We go out there. I'm going out there to watch the uh, football game. And usually we sit out on the patio. We smoke cigars and just talk talk trash or whatever, drink, whatever, have a good time, eat food, eat wings or whatever. So we out there and uh, usually regular cast of characters, people that's usually out there. Now, I'll tell you, most of the guys that's out there that I'm hanging with, I don't know them well like i don't i haven't known them longer than a year like these guys are regulars out there i just have to start having to go out there so i'm getting to know them as i go out there like when i go out there everybody say what's up jay they know who i am they know i'm a comedian they know i'm in town or out of town a lot so when i'm out there they like all right man cool man what you smoking on tonight such and such and such i mean it's just regular conversation i know who who likes what team all of that right so we go in there, we sitting down at the table. I get there, I sit down, dap up a couple of guys, see some other guys come in, some other dudes, some new dudes is there, everything is cool, everybody having a good time. And then um, there's two females that come out, and they're sitting down across from me at, uh, at a table. And the only thing that I know is that one of them is related to the guy that's sitting right in front of me, like right next to me to my right. So there's a guy to my right, there's like three other guys on my left, I'm at the end of the table, at this long table, I'm at the end of the table, and then there's two people sitting at the table across from me, and then there's two dudes sitting directly behind me. So we're all sitting there, everybody's chatting into this circle or whatever, just random conversation going around as we're watching the football game. Now the two that were sitting across from me, two ladies were sitting across from me, one was a, uh, a Houston Texans fan, and um, you know she had on a hat. And she had on, like, the baseball hat. She had on a Houston Texas jacket. She had dreads and these glasses, like these, um, not sunglasses, but regular uh, eyeglasses on, right? So we sit there talking, and then all of a sudden, um, the, the Texan fan goes, um, I can't stand the, the Patriots. The Patriots play. I can't stand the Patriots. They always tell them out they good and this and that, da, 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 and they don't even have a – a top, uh, they got a top five running back. Tom Brady ain't that great. And we like, Tom Brady ain't that great. And I just look around and I go, oh, I'm done with this conversation. Like, I don't even know who she talking to. But that statement alone lets me know that this person ain't qualified to be talking about no sports. I'm like, I don't even like the Patriots. But I tell you straight up that Tom Brady is not overrated. That dude gets every bit of credit that he deserves when it comes to quarterbacking, right? But I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just chalking it up to just, you know, ignorance. Like, I'm like, whatever, right? So then they go into the whole thing, and I go, somebody goes, well, who is the top, top-rated top quarterback? Obviously, she says Deshaun Watson, who is the quarterback of the Houston Texans. And I'm going, okay, so Deshaun Watson is better than Tom Brady. He must be out your flipping mind. Like, you're just making dumb statements at this point, right? So we're sitting there talking, whatever, and then she says something about um, – Tom Brady got a top five running back. And I go, no, he don't. I said, Sony Michelle is not a top five running back. I said, she got, who's a top five running back? And I was like, top five running backs right now in the league? I would say Saquon Barkley. I would say Ezekiel Elliott. She's like, Ezekiel Elliott ain't no top five running back. And I'm like, are you tripping? I was like, I'm not even a Cowboy fan. Like, the Cowboys are my rival, but I'm smart enough to know that Ezekiel Elliott is a top five running back. I said, like, what are you talking about? So I'm like, yo, and then so somebody was like, man, what, what, like, what, what are you talking about? I was like, man, she over here making some crazy statements, man. She's just wilding like that, right? So as soon as I said it the second time, I was like, she wilding. Her girlfriend, I don't know if it was a girlfriend or wife. I don't know. I know they was together. She goes, he, and I go, my bad. So he is making wild statements. So I, I get it. You know, I'm with the whole LGBTQ community. I'm not here to offend anybody. But you making statements, so I'm just calling out what, what you're doing, right? So she she corrected me, and I, you know, I'm, I'm going along with the, the whole he thing. I'm like, all right, he, this, that, da, 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 da. So at that point, I said, I'm done talking, bro. I said, I'm done talking. I said, we don't have to talk about sports no more. I'm done. So he kept chattering, chat, 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 just keep making statements. Now, the dude that was sitting directly behind me was new. 
Yeah, he wasn't really out there before. I had just met him. He was a Pittsburgh fan. He's like, man, that's why I don't be doing no arguing, man, with no chicks like that, man. He's like, because he said they get all sensitive. They get in their feelings and such and such and such and such. Now, he, he kind of whispered that to me. But then he, the, the, on the, the, the Houston Texans, was like, who getting in their feelings? See, that's why, I, you know, I, and he goes, I wasn't talking about you. He said, I was talking about a chick from New York. Now, are you a chick from New York? And he was like, no. And so he walked into inside the bar. Now I'm sitting there and I'm smoking my cigar and I'm still having a good time or whatever. And the guy that was sitting next to me, who I knew, knew them, them two, um, well, a guy and a girl that was at the table. I knew he knew them, but so, but I didn't know what the relation was or anything. Right. But it wasn't disrespectful. I was just like, yo, she wilding. And the lady was like, he, and I was like, all right, my bad, whatever. So the guy got up and went into the, the sports bar. So all three of them was gone now. All three of them was gone. And I'm drinking my drink and I'm smoking my cigar. And then somebody at the end of the table was like, Jay. I'm like, what? He's like, man, you wildin'. I was like, what you mean I'm wildin'? I was like, I said, you ain't hear what old, old girl was saying, I mean, old boy was saying about the sports. Like, y'all tripping with y'all. I mean, like, this dude talking about Zeke ain't no top five running back and Tom Brady already. That's crazy. He's like, nah, that, that, man. He's like, you know, that's his son. And I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, that's his son. I'm like, that's a dude? And I'm tripping. Like, I'm tripping. Like, you got to be shitting me. And I'm like, nah. Like, no, 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 no. Ain't no way in hell. That's a that's a dude. And he was like, nah, that's a dude. I said, I know the girl corrected me. He's like, nah, man, that's, a, that's his son. And I'm tripping because I'm like, nah, bro. You and the, and the thing that got me was it was the voice. It was the voice. It wasn't nothing other than the voice. Because the clothes was baggy. The clothes was baggy. The jeans, the 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 the, the Tims or the sneakers or whatever the, whatever he had on. The dreads threw me. The voice threw me. The glasses and the hat. Cause like to me, you dressing like a stud. Like that's how them studs be dressing. Like like you know when you trying to look like a dude. But the voice is probably what threw me more than anything else. Like I couldn't get the voice. The voice was very high pitched. And it sound like a like a, it could be a woman or uh, a stud that was trying to sound like a dude. So I'm tripping, and I say immediately, I know I'm not the first person to make that mistake. That's all I said. I said I know I'm not the first person to make that mistake. Now there was a guy at the all the way at the end of the table who knew the guy and his son longer than I had, and I said I haven't met, I haven't known these people for more than a year. This guy has known this person and his son for the longest time, like way longer than me, right? He goes out loud, wait a minute, you trying to tell me that's a dude? So I was like, you see, I know I wasn't dripping. And as we're talking, that's when, that's when the guy came back out. His son never came back out and neither did the other lady. I guess they were offended. And I was so hurt by what happened that I, I was almost frozen like I couldn't really speak you know what I mean I was just like sitting into myself like damn I, I messed up big time but it bothered me so bad that I had to call the dude I, I called the dude not not the not the son I called the father because I knew the father called him he went answer the phone but I went back out there um that Monday night or that Sunday night that Sunday night football I went back out there because I knew he was gonna be out there and I had to go up to him and apologize to him and say, look, man, I did not know that was your son. I said, the voice threw me. I didn't want to be, I didn't mean no disrespect. He was he was understanding of my apology or whatever. I was like, don't worry about it. I said, when I see your son face to face, I will apologize to him man to man, face to face, and let him know that it was the voice that threw me, and I meant no disrespect at all whatsoever. So still haven't seen his son yet, but, yo, that right there was the most uncomfortable I have ever been in my entire life. I straight misdiagnosed this person and I was like yo you mad ignorant and I'm sitting there going yo but I'm telling you right now if it had been anybody anybody in my shoes at that very moment you would have thought it was a woman too there's no way you would not have thought it was a woman because everybody was dumbfounded except for the people that already knew everybody was dumbfounded they were still trying to figure it out. And I bet you if he had came back out, they still would have been in disbelief. I'm just telling you what I saw and what it was for, for, for a fact. But that happened. That actually happened. That's a true story. I know some of y'all sitting there laughing 
in your cars or wherever you listen to this and you like, yo, that's fucked up. It was. It was it and every way you can think about it, it was messed up. It was that messed up and it ain't nothing I can do about it because I straight up made a mistake. And then his wife corrected me like he and I was like, oh snap. I thought about that like later, like, yo, she must have been ready to throw a table on my dumb ass. Like, you just ain't going to be sitting here just disrespecting my man like that, which goes all the way back to what I talked about in the beginning of this podcast. Every man owes, is owed respect, and I straight disrespected that man. That's why when I see that dude face-to-face, drinks is on me, and apology is coming first. That's, I mean, that's just basically what it's going to happen. And if he, if he wanted to swing on me the first time he saw me, he would have every right. As many times as I said, she tripping, she wilding. As many times as I said it, but I know I didn't know it, and I know for a fact I could bet money. I'll bet cash money. Don't act like you ain't never met a stranger and they misthought that you were a woman instead of a man. Now, my whole solution to the whole situation, change your look up, man. Stop wearing them damn hats or something. Like, change your look up. Take them dreads off, get you a low-top fade, and um, do something. You know what I'm saying? Get you a fade and, and, and rock it out that way. Do something different. Like, do something way different. That's the only thing I can say. But, um, yeah, that was, um, that, was, that was the ignorant statement. That was the ignorant story for the week, man, for real. But, um, yeah, man, I'm going to wrap this one up, man. Um, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, thank y'all for uh, listening to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. Um, I, like I said, I started it back up last week. I'm already uh, already two two episodes in for the year. I'm just trying to keep uh, keep this thing rolling, and I am going to be dedicated to keep the content rolling when it comes to my podcast. Again, I will be in Utah uh, this Friday, yeah, the 10th. Be in Utah taping for Dry Bar Comedy. More information to come on that. Uh, I will be on Live from Nashville. That will come out sometime within the beginning, first quarter of 2020, somewhere or another. It's going to come out within the first 12 weeks. I don't know. I'll give you the information with that. But remember, you got topics of discussion, things you want to talk about, uh, Bliss is Ignorant Podcast. Hit me up, blisspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on social media, at Comedian J Bliss. Facebook, Comedian J Bliss. J-B-L-I-S-S. Yo, appreciate y'all tuning in. Peace out. Oh, yeah. Real quick, before I do that, um, shout out to the music that you heard in the beginning of the podcast. Um, that was gifted to me by Blast Jam. Blast Jam is uh, friends of mine. Their group came out with some songs. Uh, Too Cool was their first release single. Um, you can see that um, on iTunes. And uh, Zap Boogie and Uncle Funky uh, hooked me up with track, and that is going to be the official track of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. So shout out to them, and uh, I'm about to go ahead and blaze that up one more time. Peace. <laughs>